Welcome to Hard Talks with Chris and Friends, where topics that are hard or will make you hard are talked about, where things get real and unfiltered. Here is your host, Christopher Velasquez. Hello, you guys. I hope you guys are having a great time listening to this podcast. Um, This is going to be the second part of me talking to Brandon. In this part two of the episode, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about our podcast. You're going to get to know a little bit about his podcast. You guys, his podcast is amazing. Give it a listen. I 100% recommend that podcast. Um... I hope you guys liked the first part. Um, I could never thank enough, and I think I didn't do it in the first one. I could never thank enough Miguel for letting me borrow my formals, Susia, Lewis, Mr. Faultline, and Eric, Mr. SoCal Leather. They were so amazing, and without them, I could have never ran. They, they taught me so much, and I could never be thankful enough to them. They mean the world to me, and, and and thanks to them, I was able to run, and I did as badass as I did. Well, enjoy the second part. Um, so tell us a little bit about your podcast and how did it start. So. This kind of started because I am such a slut. No, I'm just kidding. No, kidding, it, you are a slut. <laughs> You're kidding. No, I am. I love it. No, I, I'm a self-proclaimed daddy's boy. Like, I love daddies. Like, it's one of my, I don't want to say guilty pleasures. And I don't feel guilty about it. But it's it's just, I love older men. And they turn me on so much. This, the, the I don't know. There's something about daddies. And... Uh, so those are the guys who I tend to gravitate to at the leather bars, you know, and there's usually plenty to talk mm-hmm. to, you know, at the Eagle and the Bullet and stuff. And, you know, not only do I get a chance to flirt, but I get a chance to get to know them. And a lot of times there's like so much history in a lot of these men's lives that I just, I'm so fascinated by. And I, I remember being at Sea Friends, for example, talking to someone and he was saying during the the AIDS epidemic, I lost my partner to AIDS. I lost all my friends to AIDS. I remember when we did the first march here in in LA or whatever it is. There's just so many personal stories coming from these men that I was like, wow, that's so incredible. I wish everybody could hear this. And you know, sometimes you'll you'll see a guy that's just kind of off by himself, and you see them there every Friday night at the same time. Nobody talks to him, and you go up and talk to him. You find out, wow, this guy is an incredible human being. He's has so much history, has so much knowledge, so much experience, and you just see people open up when you ask them about themselves. And I just love that so much that I thought, wow, like one of these days I want to record that and. Then, you know, right before uh, the competition or or not, I don't know if it was right before, maybe it was like right after, I went over to um, to see the, the leather archives at USC and I'm walking by and I'm seeing, I, I feel like I was probably a gay man 
in, in like the seventies and a past life or something. Cause I just feel like the sense of nostalgia when I see pictures and articles, I felt like I was there and I know that I wasn't, you know, maybe I was in spirit somehow, but I, I just feel like I was there and it's something that I don't want to be lost. And I, I look at these pictures and I'm like, wow, wouldn't it have been incredible to hear this person's personal story and not just see a picture of them? And so that was my goal from the beginning, really was to just kind of record and and be a part of history in this way. I want people in a hundred years from now to look back and be like, wow, I remember meeting Mr. CSW 2020 or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's like 86 now. And this is his story back when he was 22 or however old he is. I don't even know. But you know what I'm saying? Like marking, marking history. Or, or one day, what, 50 or 60 years from now, they're like, oh, he had an interview with um, the yeah. runner up for Mr. CSW and he's still trying to get the position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's still been the runner up for 50 years. I'll get up there to Kane. No, uh, yeah. And so, and then my second goal was, you know, the other thing, unfortunately, that I experienced talking to older men is sometimes, well, this is the way it used to be and that's the way it needs to be. And I just get so tired when I see you kids out there doing this and that. And you shouldn't be at the bar acting like this and talking like that. And that's not how we used to do it. And you know, I, I never, I'm not a person to get into conflict, but I thought my fault that I was born in 1992. I didn't choose that date. It's not, these are my experiences. So one, like, let's learn from each other's history and knowledge. But two, like, if if we can inter- people, interview people from both generations, you know, then everyone has a chance to share their voice. And I'm not going to sit there and tell people what they should or should not think. I just want to share the vision. And you can make your own deductions. You can make your, you know, make your own conclusions after that if you want. But I'm concerned with sharing the story straight from the horse's mouth, as I like to say. And that's really the reason why I started the podcast. I think there's an there's an importance um of oral history. Um and I'm not talking about mm-hmm. the blowjobs you've given <laughs> you've given because that would I don't document those usually. Yeah. Well, that would be a too much, too big of a book for any kid to carry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, there's an importance to that mm-hmm. um, that we lose. Um, and I, I don't know if you watched Pose, but mm-hmm. um, they 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 talk about that. You know, there was a moment where where because of AIDS and stuff like that, we didn't have elders. Yeah, and we didn't have you know all that knowledge, and we. It seemed, it seemed like every couple of years we had to relearn all these things. And I think this is the first generation that has elders, that we have those, even though we laugh about it, we, we do have those grandpas, yeah. you know, that can tell us all these stories about how it, how it was and their survival. And it's so important for us to make sure and for us to not forget um, cause it happens, you know, sometimes, and, and it sometimes it is true. Um, people take for, for granted the privileges we do have now. Yeah. Like I am, you know, as flamboyant as I am, I could walk out around with a pink shirt that has a drag queen with short shorts, you know, um, just screaming that I'm gay mm-hmm. and I won't get killed. Right. right. 
um, or the or the or the likeliness. I'm not gonna say we don't get killed because there is there are, a lot of that still right. happening. But the likeliness of that happening has gone down. Just yeah, and we owe all of that to the people you know that started the protests and and the the marches yeah. and and all of the people in our history that made it possible for just for us to go out to. And here's what here's what really gets me is when I've seen before. I won't mention a bar name, but I, I've seen before where a young, cute boy comes into the bar. Call them out. And Call them out. <laughs> a, a young, cute boy will walk into the bar and order a drink. And there's a daddy right there, an older man, and says, hey, how's it going? And they get the hand, like this attitude, like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking, you little fucker. Your mm-hmm. 22-year-old ass has the the privilege of coming into this bar without mm-hmm. feeling threatened. And how do you know that this person sitting right next to you just saying hello, not even trying to hit on you, get over yourself. He wasn't that into you. He was just saying hello. How do you know that he was not a part of that movement that gave you the freedom to come to this bar tonight? Yeah. And I mean, I think any any person that is young, you know, goes through that little stage. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just so much harder for gay people because there's not a written history. It comes down to self-awareness. And, and I, you know, I'm sure I've given attitude, you know, unintentionally to people in the past. And, you know, if you're listening and I gave you attitude, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Sometimes I just (laughs) have that those days, but but at the end of the day, like, let's, if you're not into somebody, first of all, you can just say, oh, hello. It's a friendly hello. Not everyone's trying to have sex with you all the time, honey. And second of all, like, get to know people. And these are going to be relationships that can be cultivated for the rest of your life. You might look back, had you said hi to that person, find out that he has so much knowledge and, and so much to offer you as a young person coming into the gay community for the first time, that in 50 years, he might be somebody that you looked up to and changed your life. And all you had to do was say hello. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, luckily we do have people like you and um, other people who are making sure that these, that these stories are being encapsulated and mm-hmm. we have them for years to come. Um, you do, you do talk to some amazing people and and a diverse crowd of people. You, I love it because to me, the way I learn is from hearing other people's experiences and you hear those experiences firsthand. Right. And you learn from them. And you are someone that is so great at taking those, th- those conversations out of people and so natural at it. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. (laughs) So, you know, what, what are some of the topics you have covered in your podcast? Well, I, I kind of, um, I like to say that my, my, my podcast, and this kind of differs a little bit from yours, Mm -hmm. I I guess, because yours is legitimately called like hard talks. We, I, I consider my podcast to be a non-political podcast. And the mm-hmm. only reason for that, and this is not to say that we don't talk about politics. What I say is, you know, we really want to hear your personal story. And if a political issue comes up because it's relative to your personal story, let's bring it up. But at the end of the day, this isn't 
a news network. We're not here to talk about the latest and hottest, newest controversial issue for the sake of talking about it. Because at the end of the day, all these issues, they evolve so much. By the time we talk about one controversial issue and the episode comes out, um, like I don't want to ruin ruin the magic for anyone, but I, I record months in advance. So by the time we're, you know, if we're talking about the president said this or that, well, six months later, when your episode comes out, he, you know, may or may not be in office. Who knows? Um, Fingers (laughs) crossed. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so this needs to be, for me, I want your, your voice to be timeless. And what's timeless is your personal experiences. That's what I want to hear. That's what my focus is. And not to say that we won't get into politics every once in a while, but it's not the priority. Now, the other thing too, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier that I have a diverse you know, group of people that came in and were guests on the show. And that was really by intention. I think for the longest time, the leather community has been associated with, you know, cis white men, which is totally fine. Like, this is where we come from. And, and you know, there are incredible cis white men in the community. But for the longest time, I think people, women, for example, uh, people of color, uh, trans people, all of these voices, those are important to be heard as well. And as part of bridging together those generations and, and saying that I want to share the experiences with you know the older generations of what how we are coming into leather today and how we are facing issues and certain topics, like the way trans people are coming into the community and the way that people of color are coming into, community, into the community, sorry, um, is way different than the way they were coming into the community back then. And I want to shed light on that. So if you look at my guest list and my episodes, um, if you know who they are, you'll see that it's like literally 60% are people of a diverse background of some kind, either a person of color, uh, Asian American, Mexican American, uh, Latino, women, trans, and maybe 40% or less are cis white men. And I, I did that specifically because I want to hear the stories that people haven't had the chance to hear yet. Yeah. And and I mean, you and me have talked about this, that our podcasts are so different in the way we, we talk about the subjects and the subjects we cover. But what we both are trying to do is have those stories of how people grew. Obviously, I take a more head-on approach. And we talked about this. I feel like your daytime TV, I'm for sure, late night TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, but we we both do the same thing where we where we want to just have story. We want to have people's stories be. Yeah, we want voices heard, and how how we get there might be different, but I think both are important. Yes, for they sure. Are. Um, so you 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 know you, you talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about how you see women and trans people how do you see them being welcomed so here i think we we just talked about how you don't i'm a little bit more forward with the conversations and this is the this is the part and this is the part of the and this is part the part of the show where i will get a little bit more (laughs) serious about the conversation but as one of our you know one of our leaders i think your voice does have a lot of power does that make sense yeah yeah. um thank you and and that is i know that is something that you specifically talk a a lot about inclusion like you said for the longest 
um, leather was a more white and and it, and it was perceived as more white. And we are making a lot of strides to to change that. Right. So I just kind of want to see how you see how you see things going. Do you see the evolution? Yeah, part of the answers to one of my questions, I can't remember if it was on on the stage for the competition or in the interview room, but kind of where I see leather going and part of it was how do I put this? I know it was really articulate then, (laughs) but uh, trying to think of how I said it, I can't remember exactly how I said it. But in essence, if we want to see leather continue forward and not die out at some point, then we need to continue moving forward with the way our community is ever-changing and ever-evolving today. And if we are going to say that certain people aren't welcome because they're not quote-unquote leather, it doesn't fit into that box of what leather has been in the past what it or what you think it is now, then I'm sorry, but leather's going to get left behind. And I has meant so much to me in my life to, to have leather be a part of my life. I do not want to see it die anytime soon, at least not in my lifetime. And if it can go past my lifetime, even better. So, you know, I'm doing my part here just to say that, like, I see the future of our leather community through diversity and through inclusivity. And that doesn't necessarily mean that every single night, every single event has to be for everyone all the time. But everyone needs to be welcomed. And I think I've talked about it a little bit with other guests on the show where, you know, we said sort of like the meat and potatoes really should be the whole rainbow. It should be everybody, Um, trans people, men, women, pups, however you identify, whatever you identify as, you're welcome there. You know, and then we can have our quote unquote sacred spaces where you can have a special women's night where this is just for the ladies a special pup night where this is just a pup play event, a special men's gear night where it's just a men's gear night or whatever it may be. But those can be supplemental factors to the whole. That's the gravy, basically. But the meat and potatoes of it really should be everybody. And I don't know when this episode will come out, but I've interviewed several trans people to come on my podcast to really share their stories. And you have someone like Butch Romero, who is the first trans man to hold the title of Mr. Chicago Leather. And now you have more trans people than ever before running and winning leather titles. And just people from all walks of life who for, you know, their whole life identified as leather. And who are we to take that away from somebody from a piece of who they are, just because somebody thinks that they may or may not fit in. It's not about fitting in. The thing about leather is that it's so, it's so part of embedded into who we are as leather people that no one can take that away from you. I don't care what anybody says. And so that's where I think I see the leather community headed is realizing that leather is beyond the, it's beyond superficial. Yes. And that's what makes it so special. And and like I said, you you being authentically yourself is such a powerful thing. And I think and, and that goes for all of us. All of us who are in any position, not of power, but any position where where we have some type of audience is being authentically ourselves is so powerful. And I keep remind and I and I keep reminding people like, you know, even and and when I say a a place of power, like even within your own household, like I am the only gay man 
in my house, right? So them seeing me be authentically myself mm -hmm. shows them that any any idea of what they thought a gay man was is not right. Does that make sense? Because me being myself mm -hmm. shows them that gay comes in so many different colors and so many oh, flavors. Oh, yeah, exactly. It comes with visibility. For the longest time, even when, when, when you and I were kids growing up, the only visibility that we had of what a gay man was or what it, what gay looked like was like Will and Grace, for example. Yeah. You know, and there's so much, you know, there's masculine men, there's feminine men, there's people in between, there's people that go back and forth. And... Like, I think what you're saying is, is just like showing people that we, you can't put us in a box. Yeah. And that, and that, that for sure helps having, you know, people like you and that helps the, the cause move forward. Um, so what would be your, if you, if you were able to give a message to, you know, people that are, that feel like maybe they don't fit in within the leather community or that don't, or maybe are not running for a title because they feel like, you know, they're not, not, not worthy, not the, I don't think the word is worthy, but they're not, they're just not right for running titles. What would your message to them be? I think my message comes down to that in your heart, if you feel that you're leather, then no matter what anybody says, nobody can take that away from you. And I can't say that I've always felt like that for myself. I had to go through a lot of growing to get to that place, at least for myself, to realize that nobody can take that away from you. And, um, you know, I'll share a little experience. You know, the first time I went out in my harness, I thought, God, like, I consider myself to be quite feminine in comparison to a lot of like the leather men that I see on the posters. And I thought I'm going to be so sad <laughs> if I go into the bar and I'm teased or ridiculed in some way that I'm just like this skinny little femme twink wearing a harness. And I was just so afraid. I mustered up the courage to go in by myself and it was the best decision I've ever made because that's where I met some of my best friends. And now here I am today. And I'm not saying that you won't face challenges and you won't face, you know, some people, unfortunately, that might give you some kind of negative feedback. At the end of the day, who gives a fuck? It's not about them. Don't let anybody take away that part of you. And that has been a word from the king. Long live the king. <laughs> You're such a dork, Chris. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. I have a message from the king. <laughs> from the Crack royal from the royal palace of Ooh, the royal palace of bullet. A bullet. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Um well thank you so much for coming on today. Um it was such a great talk. Time flew and we didn't even notice. <laughs> I know. I think it's 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 a little over an hour yeah. now. We'll have to <laughs> I think this is gonna be for sure a two episode um one. Um but thank you again so much. Thank you again, Chris, for having me on, on your show and um hopefully you can come on Leather Talk sometime too. Yeah. Um hopefully um and hopefully I could have you on. Obviously you have so much knowledge and we could talk about so many different things <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I for sure hope I could have you on again. 
Absolutely. Where can people find you if they if they want to hear more of you? Yeah, if you want to um, find me on social media, you can find me at Leather Talk Mr. Bullet on Instagram and Leather Talk Mr. Bullet on Patreon. You can find my podcast on Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher, all the podcast platforms just by typing in Leather Talk and you'll see my little logo. It'll be called Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. And, um, you know, I, on the Patreon, I actually post some bonus episodes. So the, the podcast itself that gets aired on the podcast platforms every Tuesday, those are reserved for personal stories. And then I, on the Patreon, this is a way that I monetize the, the podcast. If you give like three bucks a month or five bucks a month or whatever you want, you actually get a lot of access to some extra materials. So I just recorded, um, you know, an episode about diaper fetish, an episode about fisting, an episode about sounding. We're recording one later today about pissing. Um, so different topics within the fetish kink community. So, you know, go ahead and find me there if you can. Um, I try to respond to all of the messages that I get, you know, when I can. Um, and, you know, while we're still in quarantine, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we have a Zoom party where it's sort of like a release party for the next episode. You get to engage with the guest of the show that week, and we all get to hang out in our gear and leather. Now, all of my content is 18 years and older, so if you're younger than 18, I'm sorry. Um, but this is all kind of adult content, so I just want to make sure that I put that out there as a little disclaimer. Thank you so much again. That's it. That's it. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Thank you. So remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment. You can follow me on Instagram at Chris Diva, and you can follow the pod as Hard Talks with Chris. And I want to give a special thanks to Jamison for letting me borrow his song, Fuckable, for the intro and outro.